0: The following programming may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Listen Up Talk Radio. Welcome to RealEstateTorontoRadio.com, the weekly show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area, and sometimes beyond, with Aura Ross of the Mahal and Ross Real Estate Group. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Welcome back to realestatetorontoradio.com. I'm Todd Miller and co-hosting today's show, of course, is Aura Ross from the Mahal and Ross team. How are you?
1: Great. Having a great week. And yourself?
0: Doing well. Good. Good.
1: You pretty excited about all the news this week in the, about the real estate
0: market? I have lost track. I've tried to keep up with it as much as I could, but uh, uh, it just seems like every week there's new headlines and new wrinkles and new challenges and new opportunities for both homeowners and investors.
1: That's right. So today, actually, we have an extraordinary mortgage broker with us, Michael Marini of Dominion uh, Lending, and he's going to talk to us about all the changes we've heard in the last few weeks. I mean um we've heard about uh interest rates maybe sliding up we've heard about uh home buyers having a tougher time getting financed we've heard about some different things happening in the over two million dollar price point so michael's going to walk us through this and exactly like you said but where are the opportunities
0: right because we could all just sit around and lament that things are changing or we could just say okay it's the new normal and where do we go from here
1: Exactly, exactly. So I'm very excited
0: that Mike show shows us today. All right, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Mulholland and Ross, Real Estate Toronto Radio. We'll be right back. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property might be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. So it's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals like the Mulholland-Ross team. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland-Ross Keller Williams Referred Real Estate Team, At 416-230-8500 or visit RealestateTorontoRadio.com. Whether you're making your first move or your 21st, the Mulholland Ross team offers over 30 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Tune in Sundays at 4 p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio or Tuesdays and Fridays on Voices Radio, CKAV, to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. On Ross, Real Estate Toronto Radio, and Aura uh, was saying that it was an interesting week. It is an interesting week, and it's not even over. Tell us what's going on.
1: Well, um, we've got Michael here to talk about some of the changes we've been hearing um, about to the mortgage lending regulations, and as well as maybe maybe some movement in the interest rates. I don't know. Maybe Michael can can give us an indication of what's happening. How you doing, Michael?
2: Good. How are you guys?
1: Good, good. Um, I guess my first question to you, on behalf of our listeners, is: um, Have you? Can you sort of explain what the announcements were a few weeks ago? I know we had something to do with our first-time buyers, or or that um, you know people that are getting insured mortgages. Can you explain sort of what the
2: changes came about? Yeah, so the so background to those changes was obviously the open overheated market and banking in Toronto that um, the Department of Finance were very concerned over. Um, their main concern, though, is that CMHC, being a crown corporation, is holding over $8 billion worth of mortgage secured debt and no. Use the actual interest rate to qualify them. So, in today's numbers, that would be something like 2.39%. So, if their mortgage payment was based on 2.39%, they'd be are allowed to qualify at that. The rule changes, change that where they had to be qualified at a rate that the Bank of Canada stipulates called the Bank of Canada rate, which is 4.64%. So, so even if they have a rate of 2.39, they're forced to qualify at a rate of 4.64. So you can imagine it has a dramatic effect because they're qualifying if their interest rate has doubled. Right. Um, but that isn't anything new. Uh, so any mortgage that wasn't a five-year fixed prior to that they had to qualify under that rate anyway. So all it really meant is that most banks and mortgage brokers push people to five-year fixed rates where they could qualify for more. Uh, um,
1: okay, because that's that was going to be my first question. Is I seem to recall for years that we always qualify people on the posted rate. Right.
2: I mean, yeah. It was a three year posted rate probably about three or four years ago that they did. Uh, and it was different rules. That, again, if they were at a five year fixed rate, they could qualify at that. Otherwise, it was a three year posted rate. Um, and it, it's changed so many times. Uh, the right. latest change, though, I think it's. Really permanent should have probably been there from the beginning because everybody worked the loophole, with, but going into five-year fixed rates, which was okay for our bank as well, too, because honestly, if somebody is in their home for five years in that five-year period of time, that's enough that kind of a significant equity where sure. they were forced to sell because of high interest rates or, or a drop in real estate prices. It shouldn't be in that bad situation if you've got five years of mortgage reduction. It no.
1: Yeah, now I know that you mentioned that, you've, you know, the government's doing this to maybe slow down an overheated market, but it kind of feels like this one went after our most vulnerable buyers, the ones that we keep saying are having a hard time getting into the market. How are you, right. are, are you finding that? Um,
2: not really, uh, because anybody from that day forward has to qualify the new rules anyways, so it's now become the standard. Really what it affected was the people that were pre-approved prior to that date had kind a five-year fixed rate of history, which forced myself and anybody else who did pre-approval to look back at every single application we did to ensure that we qualified them at that Bank of Canada rate. And if we didn't, we had to re-qualify them. So, so yeah. okay.
1: So so also, I guess what I'm hearing is, as a warning or advice to our listeners is if you did get pre-qualified and you were looking at that five-year Fixed rate, and you don't have your twenty percent down. You really need to go get re-
2: re-approved. Yeah, because you're. I mean, the amount you were qualified for could drop as much as a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, it's, it's significant. So they, they really had to go back, and that's kind of what I did as um, on the phone for a whole week straight, calling back my clients because I knew they'd be worried, and, and also just giving anybody else a warning that if they've been approved elsewhere, we should be going back and checking that. Okay. So, yeah, I would imagine from your end, you probably would set up that in terms of multiple offers, uh, or the number of multiple offers coming in on homes, or, or is that not the case?
1: Um, we, are, we are feeling it a little bit, but the other piece to that is, you know, um, our sellers um, look at in central Toronto, the freehold properties are over a million dollars most of the time. Mm-hmm. So we are looking at most people with 20% or above in their, in their down payment. Right. And the other side to that is we're watching sellers price their homes a little higher, which naturally uh, results in fewer offers on offer date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're seeing that. But I guess the other big one for me, and, you know, Todd, pipe in with any questions because I know you always have loads of them. Um, My other question was um, about the other change, that capital gains for the foreign buyer.
2: Yeah, that that was a bit minor, um, and and I was kind of shocked. But that even existed, to tell you the truth, because we were actually allowing people to not pay capital gains if they weren't living in our country. So now there's a new rule that's basically stipulated that they had to remain in that owner occupied property for one year in order to get that benefit, uh, even right. if they're not a Canadian citizen, which I completely disagree with. So I, I don't think that rule really is harsh enough. But I, I think if somebody's not a Canadian citizen, <laughs> they should absolutely be paying capital gains, but they're not contributing to our, our tax yeah. structure. I mean, why are they benefiting
1: and from capital Gain? As, as someone who, who might pay capital gain or work with a lot of people who do pay capital gain, we just want fairness right across the board, I'm sure. Um, oh, absolutely. I've I said the same thing to our clients that have been concerned about this, but this this capital gains has always been a place. All the government says is, listen, we're going to actually ask a few more questions so we get the honest answers so we can
2: enforce it really is a rule anyway. We're going to close the loopholes on this. Yeah. I think the most dramatic change was what happened in Vancouver with the foreign investors as it in that the did in Ontario period it kind of a bit of a laugh. So, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't change much right. for foreign investors. The biggest change in those rule changes were really on the lender side It really hurt a lot of lenders. Um, and then, but for anybody who's taking out mortgage insurance, it's it dramatically affected what they could be approved for. Um, but... At the, on the flip side of that, now really people are kind of being pushed into five year fixed rates. They have the option of going like any term, including variable, and they qualify the same way across the board. It is honestly really difficult to teach people why they had to go fixed and not variable because they didn't qualify and, and trying to explain the mathematics around that too. So but if you wanted to go mortgages, like, like, a bit much. And, and they would forget. You tell them, and then sometimes they're buying and they want the variable to explain why. They don't qualify
1: for that, and they never really would really understand it. So, Well, I mean, look, and I think the best part is um, they should, you know, buyers who are in that predicament and now having to qualify at a higher rate, when you do buy a home, you should sleep well at night, knowing that even if rates go up, you can afford your house because you've been qualified based on that rate. Yeah, and that was the biggest scare,
2: and, and trying to, have to put somebody into a five-year six rates, okay? what happens in five years if break have double? and then where are they going to be able to have to sell their home and find what might be the equity there but no one wants to be able a
0: position to have to sell their home. right yeah so we've got uh, a we've got a minute left before break and I'm kind of curious why why Ontario has come out and said that they're not going to uh, follow Vancouver's example and look at that tax it's a small
2: percentage of our market like it's not as big as Vancouver I don't know or
1: I think you're right. I think that's it, Mike, as well. I think that we may uh, determine that we just don't have a large enough, the actual non-resident foreign buyers purchasing our real estate.
0: So it wouldn't have a dramatic effect like it would at West?
1: Well, I think mean, <laughs> it would have a dramatic effect, quite frankly, but I think Ontario's saying no. I, I also think that Ontario sees that perhaps um, with other pieces of economy economy not functioning at a really high level that even though our real estate market's going so well, we may not see the same increases over the next few years. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we're gonna see any sort of drop, but we may not see the same level of increase as we've seen this year. And therefore why why add that to what might just be a naturally organic occurring slowing of the market?
0: Right, why put the well, brakes on? And on top of that, what's really, what's fixing? So if we're looking
2: at drivers in the market and the problem is that the pricing is getting out of control, you have to look at, okay, what are the main causes of it and, and who are the purchasers that are actually driving prices up this high? And what are the rules around that? And it's definitely not foreign investors. It's, it's largely, first-hand homebuyers represent 75% of the market. And those are insured mortgages most of the time. So the change that happened on 178 was directly hitting the largest portion of the market that would slow things down and push purchasers to the GTA, outside of the downtown core, to buy houses there and filter out the top heavy pricing in Toronto Central to the outskirts where it should be. And that's there. I think that's that's a pretty change.
1: Well, we've we've been chatting for the last few weeks about how I think we're months four or five now where the 905 area is actually increasing at a higher rate than the 416
2: area. Right. Yeah, largely due to this. I mean, the yeah, other thing to bring up that price further is transit. The more transit options there are for commuters, then the more people are going to opt to not live in Toronto and buy a house to the backyard area so they can afford it, so are living
1: in a car. Are you dissing my city, Michael? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love Toronto. I'll never leave <laughs> Okay. I've
0: got to Toronto, market. <laughs> I'm going to ring the bell here.
2: I'm happy with the slowdown. I'm not, I, like, I don't want prices to get out of hand because it also takes me out of the market and buying investment properties. I want stabilization in Toronto to oh, more I, than I want these prices I, to excessively increase.
1: I agree. I mean, I, I absolutely do not want to see our market go down, but the rate of increase. As fast and as high as it's been, it's scary because when things go up too quickly, well, sometimes uh, they lose balance up there. Absolutely. We know what can happen. So so any sort of stabling, we're noticing just locally in the North York, central Toronto area, we are noticing that prices are just sort of stabilizing. We're not seeing a drop. We're just not seeing that month-over-month increase right now. So awesome opportunity for buyers to now take a breath, get into that market that they've been trying to get into
2: all year.
0: Absolutely. So let's take a breath and take a break for a couple of minutes and collect our thoughts because there's just so much information shared there and we're going to come back in uh, in about 30 seconds. You're listening to realestatetorontoradio.com. realestatetorontoradio.com dot com, a spirited discussion off mic, and now we're going to share that with you. We're not hiding I like anything.
1: That spirited discussion, I like that. We're
0: we're planning what we're going to say. That's what the truth is. So, some more changes or potential changes to the market that could have an effect. Yeah. So,
1: so we were just talking about the most recent proposed changes, which would affect that land transfer tax. Michael, can you elaborate on that for us a bit?
2: Yeah, so the Ontario government is proposing to increase the rebate uh, for first-time buyers to $4,000, where it's currently at, $2,000. Um, that would be
1: a big help, I think, for many home buyers, first-time buyers.
2: I think so, yeah, especially considering what we were talking about in case that has a bit of curtain in qualifying, because if somebody have to qualify at a higher rate, they might be first forced to put more money down, and in, in this case, it's taking some money on closing costs. So, either way, I mean, why not take the shade into there? It's two thousand dollars extra in your pocket, sure. Mm. So, but it also hurts people over the two million dollar price range, so there's just yeah. A percentage two points is increasingly. Right? Uh, the slide is still ruled around anything over four hundred thousand. They're charging, I think, one of.
1: million dollars sits at about seventy-one thousand land transfer tax i haven't i have been afraid to look at the map on this <laughs> <level>. <laughs> i just don't even want to look at it and we've been watching our our uh you know apps our land transfer tax apps and we've noticed they haven't changed yet so we do know this is just a proposed change um but that that is a little frightening because You know, I always remind people, you know, some people have this perception that anyone buying for over $2 million must be so rich they can afford that land transfer tax. And um, I always remind people, like, oftentimes our people spending over $2 million on a home are only doing so because their own home has now gone up to $1.6 to $1.7. It's not that they're coming from zero and suddenly putting $2 million down. They're just people who have worked their way... You know, in a lot of cases, just normal people working their way up the market, just because their house has gone up, they can now make that next move up. They're not necessarily sitting around with an extra hundred thousand dollars to make that move.
2: Well, question for you too, because I, I just don't see how this has any benefit to the market. But if someone is selling a property for over two million dollars, typically I would think that property would be have more days on the market than something priced under. So there's less buyers in that market that can afford to purchase there, anyways. So it's not slowing anything down. That that's not the problematic area of concern, in my opinion. What are what are your thoughts in terms of that? Because I don't see it would benefit. Well, I the purchasers more.
1: Well, I, I certainly don't see a benefit other than I see the government making up for the money they're giving away at the other side. They don't want to lose yeah. that <laughs> that bowl. So I guess why they're doing it. But no, it, it concerns me because in some parts of our city, $2 million just doesn't get much of a house. Again, the perception is you got $2 million, you can buy anything. Some of our $2 million sales are, are teardowns, are, are homes that need work, are 50, 60, 70-year-old homes. And the people buying them, again, aren't so loaded, it's just that someone just made them an offer on their home for 1.6, and this is their move up. So, you know, it's good for, we've already, you know, agreed many times over, it's so good for the economy when a family makes a move because they spend so much more money on furniture, decoration, renovation, whatever, right? They, you know, new stuff. Um, that additional land transfer tax will cut into that money.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the it turns people from living, it's going to force them to renovate their own home.
1: That's Uh, correct. Or they or if they do make their move, suddenly they don't have a budget to go buy the new couches and curtains and they just take their old stuff with them and that hurts the economy too. So I the other biggest
2: issue is is getting a mortgage on a property that large. Most lenders will allow you to put twenty percent down up to the first million and then they want you to put fifty percent down on anything over. Right. Except for Allow you to go I said twenty percent down, slightly higher. than Scotia Bank will go up to one point six million, but then it's fifty percent down on everything involved. So right. a, another whack on that transit tax on top of that, it's, they can't they can't go anywhere. And even if they want to refinance, they have to leave a ton of equity in their home anyway, so there may not be the room to refinance. Right. So it's yeah. a pickle.
1: Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. I. I mean, I. I guess I'm really happy for the first-time buyers and a little concerned for some of our um, other families out there who, who, again, are just, you know, normal, hard-working people. It's not like a ton of couple of hundred thousand dollars just dropped out of the sky for them. That's right. So, and, and this year, you know, Todd and I have talked about it a lot. This year, so many of our home sellers, because their values of their homes have gone up, they've taken that money and they've left the city altogether.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it just allows them to put some money away and, and make a move and, and help them with retirement and all that stuff. So this probably pushes people, again, farther out, farther out of the city. To a lower price
0: point. To a lower, lower price point, absolutely. But lower price yeah. point and, and more value for what you're actually spending. and You're getting more property, more house for your dollar. Where... You know, if you're living in North York, sometimes that's a bit of a struggle to, like you said, you're moving from the $1.6 to the $2 million. you know, in all intents and purposes, there's really not a whole lot of difference between those houses necessarily or the properties.
1: Sometimes there's not a lot. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. So um, just just to shift gears for a minute, uh, Michael, we've also been kind of interested on your take on, on two of the big banks now that have raised their uh five-year fixed rate as of
2: today it's actually every single lender across the board they've all okay yeah oh uh,
1: so it's talk to us what is the five-year fixed rate today if i have not been pre-approved and i'm walking in what would you think my best rate might be if i'm an aaa borrower
2: uh it's about 2.69 percent 2.59 percent 2. and as of yesterday, we're in the range of 2.29 percent. 2. Okay. So it's, it's, been a, it's quite a bit of a hike, but it's all due to bond So basically, what banks do, they've uh, fixed five year fixed rates, and, and fixed rates in general, they're borrowing money from bond yields, and they're marking it up 2% into fixed rates. Right. right. time of year, there is there's a bit of seasonality to the interest rates, and last year we saw interest rate had a spike at this time with no basis at all. Bond yields haven't gone up. It was just basically profit making But this year, it's because of Trump being elected. It's, it's completely bad. that. The markets have gone awry, and and bond yields have spiked because of okay. this, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. stock have dropped, um, so it's a bit of an anomaly. No one really knows what's going to happen with Donald Trump, and and I think right. people are really scared out of the market, putting much back in bonds. So, and so I know
1: so I know that sometimes you have that crystal ball with you. Um, are you then? Would you? say that it's potential that, that come the new year these rates come back down or do you think we're sort of now in the mid to high 2%? That's been
2: a tre- it's been a trend uh, that usually spring markets start seeing great deals sun lenders and stocks. that happen to follow suit. Um, like last year we came off. we were at the same rate level last year as we are right now with this new rate increase. And then it drastically dropped in January into the new year. And then right. carry on into the spring. And and then we have little this summer. So where we're at comparatively last year, we're at the exact same spot. The only difference is there's something else driving it right now, and it's an unknown.
1: Um, that's the unknown behind the new the new uh, the president elect, I
2: guess. Yeah, we don't know. I mean it's it's really the world people are screaming at vaccination and, and, and there's a riot. So Well that's a know. whole other show. That's a whole, yeah, whole other so. show. <laughs> But, uh, so honestly, I don't think anybody can really tell because I think it was somewhat expected that the markets would uh, would rally. Yeah. Um, but this is a really big jump in bond yield pricing, uh, which just says people are hanging on to their money and trying to put it down a bit because they just don't know what's going to happen and what um, Donald Trump's going to do. But, okay.
1: Look, at last year at this time as well, we were warning people: listen, just go get pre-approved because um, if the rate do, don't do do what they seasonally do and go back down in the new year, then at least you're locked in. And if they do go down, you get the lowest rate on closing anyway. And mm. if you don't buy a house, then you didn't lose anything or gain anything anyway. But if your dream home shows up and those rates are a little bit higher, it'd be great if you could lock in today and, and get the lowest rate. 100%. Uh, that's
2: good advice. And we appreciate everybody in locking every single time because we you can never tell when the rates are going to rise or fall, and it's exactly what he said. The other benefit right now is that this is affecting bond yields because they're market based, but variable rates are unaffected. Uh, so the Bank of Canada can tr- kind of controls the prime lending rate, uh, with the overnight rate, and right now bond yields—sorry, uh, the overnight rate's at half percent. TD increased their prime lending rate, which is strictly profit taking, but no one else follows suit. Uh, and we still have variable rates in the low two percent range. So sure. since everybody has to qualify for the same rates the same way nowadays, variable rates are still an option that are much cheaper. Yeah,
1: right now. Mm-hmm. And and you don't and you don't expect the variable to really do much movement? Um,
2: it's gonna be interesting to see what the Bank of Canada does because again there's a lot a lot of things here with Donald Trump and um, we don't know what it's going to do to our market. So, right. for the time being, I mean, no one ever predicted that, that Canada raised rates and they haven't. But it's completely based on our economy. And sure. we don't know the effect that this president is going to have on our economy yet. <laughs> so we're going to find out in the next six months and then we'll see from there. But there's still a lot of options. If someone, if someone if People don't always have to go through the five year fixed rate, especially now after we've got local changes. People can sure. use a two year term, a three year term. Where rates are cheaper and we're still locked in. If we're going to have interest rates moving up, then we can make shorter term plans instead of longer term plans. It's just, just going to adjust the way we look at things. Right.
1: And and I mean, I always like to um, put everything into perspective. I mean, I think we, we tend to have really short memories. Um, it wasn't really that long ago that five year rates were over 5%, and our money and our real estate market was flying. It was not crashing. It was okay. on fire. So if we look back at 07, even 09 um, and, and Michael I don't know if you recall, but five year money in 09 had just been what, around five and a quarter? Yeah,
2: the crash happened in 2007, 2008 and yes. like prior, prior to that, around 2007 we were about that. We, we had raised five to six percent. Yeah, um, absolutely. At and, that time, we were based on for, variable rates.
1: And, and for someone like me who came into the market at 11 and three quarters, um, mm-hmm. I was pretty darn excited about the 5 to 7 or 5 <laughs> to 6
2: percent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, we had a booming condo market at that time. The condo market was flying. Yeah. Was kind of like really affordable housing prices comparably to now at that time. Mm-hmm. And people were so buying. We didn't have any help in the market. I great.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. It's it's funny though because um, you know suddenly we're in the two percent, and I got I got asked this week, or what do you think? Like if, if it goes over three percent, do you think our market will crash? <laughs> and and it's kind of like, come on, like that's that's still really inexpensive money for anybody who really wants to sort of look at the history of our of our mortgage rates. We're, I mean, it's it's so inexpensive now. So that was sort of one little piece I wanted to get in on this show as, as well. Was you know. A lot of, we're finding people right now, a lot of our buyers have sort of had a heck of a year trying to buy a home. It has been a fast, difficult real estate market for the buyers this year, and I I want to pat every home buyer on the back for putting in their best effort, but we're getting a lot of our buyers right now saying, you know what, I'm tired, I'm taking a break, I'm waiting till next year, and it's frightening me because everybody you know, this is the perfect market to be buying in. Things have slowed down a wee bit. While prices haven't really dropped, we are, we are finding that home buyers now have the time to look at a home more than once, maybe get their parents in, maybe do a home inspection, uh, maybe buy something without being in a fitting more. This is the market you've wanted all year, and it's finally here. So I'm kind of saying to the buyers, oh, to home, quit now.
2: Mm-hmm. now.
1: Now is when you grin and bear it and get through it because... Everyone last winter who said, I'm going to wait till next year, found themselves this year really way behind, way behind because those prices went up. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you don't know what you don't know. But you keep
2: trying. You just, yeah. The house shows up, the house shows up. You don't know when.
1: That's right. And your ever. price point, don't, don't. Yeah, you can't time it either. Like, oh, I'll go out looking again in February. Well, who knows what you want will be out in February. So, yeah, yeah, you really have to do uh, keep your eye on it all the time. But now is a perfect opportunity for our home buyers to get in. And I'm just, oh, yeah. you know, nervous for those people that actually dream or want or are trying to get involved in that spring's market. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. I, 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 I almost
2: thought about drawing a graph with the mental status someone going through multiple offers, if so they start <laughs> thinking they have options and they can negotiate and put in conditions and then they go two rounds with that, make three and then they realize, okay, now yeah. this is got the price crazy well over market and we can kind of start talking about this stuff that, even though nothing makes sense. Yeah. And then maybe six or seven offers later they they finally get
0: one. And as we've always talked about on this show, I mean, you know, if you can get in and get qualified and get your rate locked in, I mean, it's one fewer thing, you know, one less thing you need to worry about as you're looking and it's, you know, reducing your stress. So be prepared.
1: Absolutely. Best advice. Yep. Just like the girls I'd say.
0: Another great show. Thank you to both of you for providing so much uh, you know, perspective on what's going on in the current market. And I keep saying the current market as if it's uh, you know, a January to March kind of thing, but now it's like a Monday to Tuesday kind of thing because <laughs> it changes daily. That's right. And Michael,
1: for our listeners out there that have some more questions for you, how can they best reach you? Uh, they can uh, call
2: me straight at my office, uh, Four one six. Five four nine one six seven six, or they can go to my website directly at
1: excellent and of course if you didn't take that down they can just log into dot realestatetoronto.com give us a call and we are very happy to um get you
0: connected to michael well we will catch you right back here next week on Real estate toronto radio.com with more uh, excitement because it's just you know make a bowl of popcorn and sit down and listen because it's <laughs> it's a wild ride we're gonna need to start out handing out seat belts because it's a it's a weekly ride that is getting crazier yeah
1: good though. yeah tough.
0: absolutely we'll talk to you next week yep.